Thank you, Eunice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you guys ready for tonight? Yeah? Cool. Okay, let me let me breathe. <sighs> it's good to see each and every one of you tonight. Yeah? Like I, I some of you it's like I think I'm seeing you for the first time. Some of you guys I'm seeing for many times, but no matter what, it's so good to see you. And I am really excited to share the word of God with you. Okay? But before we do that, let's pray. Close your eyes. <laughs> All right, let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are here in this room. I thank you, Father God, that you are present here with us. And Lord, we come before you and say, Lord, we are present with you. And we desire for you to speak to us. And I pray, Father God, that, Lord, as you uh, speak through my lips, that the words that come out will pierce through the hearts of each and every student here. And, Lord, that they will encounter you in a fresh new way. Lord, we love you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, for those of you guys who, who, don't, who don't know me, who doesn't know me, I can't speak English. <laughs> um, my name is Tina Lee, and I am the campus director here at Yonsei. And before I was a campus director here at Yonsei, I actually was a student sitting like right there, like right where Michelle and Linda are sitting. I used to be a student, and I was an exchange student that came here for a year. And really, you guys seeing me standing up here is a testimony in itself. I know it's shocking, um, but I was super afraid of public speaking. I was super afraid of people. <laughs> um, and... I was just someone that knew what I wanted in life, but at the same time didn't. So basically, I was really lost, if that makes any sense. I don't know if that resonates within you guys. Like, you sort of know what you want, but at the same time, you're like, I don't really know. Um, that was me. Like, I knew what I wanted in life because I would find every way to make something like my identity. So, like, I'm a planner. I don't know. Who, who here is a planner? nice. All right. <laughs> a good majority of, like half of you guys are planners. I'm a, I'm a planner. Like I need to know like what's going to happen to the dot. But the funny thing is with me, even though I plan, I never follow through. <laughs> so <laughs> I plan like a whole list of like what I'm going to do for the day. And then if it doesn't happen, I'm, I'm really chill what Eunice is saying. And I'm just like, whatever. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And um, the thing is, yeah, so I am a planner. I planned my whole life out ever since like elementary school, but my life looks nothing like it was planned out to be. And so, um, yeah, God is really good. And in my life, like he just, re he revealed himself to me in a very personal way. And one thing is he also, I think the reason why I was such a planner was because I knew that my life was made for more. It's because I knew that I... I wanted to be someone really big. And so I'm like, I'm going to study really hard. I'm going to do all these extracurricular activities. I'm going to um, try to make a lot of friends in order to become someone big. Each and every one of you guys, inside there's a desire to be big. Big. Right? And you know, that's actually a desire of God, he wants you to be big. This might blow your mind because you might think, God wants me to be big and to be known? What? 
But before I go into that, all right, I'm actually going to um, just recap. I want you guys to think about that, but I want, I want to recap uh, what Pastor Marcus preached two weeks ago. And he preached about heartburn. So in these past two weeks, have you guys been experiencing some heartburn? Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> He's been, he preached this powerful word about um, the two disciples that walked on, their, on the road to Emmaus, right? And Emmaus, he said, was a place where you get cleansed and you get victory, right? And the two disciples were walking on this road, filling themselves with so much regret, doubt, unbelief that Jesus was the Messiah because Jesus was crucified and he died. So they hoped in Jesus, but this Jesus, he died. They were disappointed, right? And they didn't know that he was risen from the dead, but while they were walking on this road to Emmaus, Jesus was walking with them. He was walking with them. He did not reveal himself to to them yet, but he was walking with them. And um, during this walk, he opened up the scriptures to them. Okay? And at that moment, Pastor Marcus was saying how they felt really uncomfortable. They felt so uncomfortable within right? And as they broke, so they got to Emmaus, and they broke bread. And at that moment, that's when Jesus encountered them. But he also disappeared. <laughs> but at that moment, he encountered them, and, and they said, we're not our hearts burning. We're not our hearts burning. And he, Pastor Marcus, these past two weeks, he gave us um, two reasons why we get heartburns. What's the first reason? You're full of crap, all right? <laughs> full of crap. I like that word. <laughs> not, in a, not in that way, but I just think it sounds, you know, like it really sounds like crap, right? Um, so in the natural, you get heartburn from eating junk. And in the spirit, it's the same case. When you fill yourself with junk, that may be, you know, um, unforgiveness, bitterness. It could be debauchery, which means like getting drunk, overload where you don't know what you what you did that day all right um <laughs> it can mean uh having unfor- i already said unforgiveness basically hating someone it can mean feeling like you're nothing putting yourself down saying i'm not worth it that's all crap because that goes against the word of god of who you are right um and so on the other hand, there's crap, but there's also pregnancy. And he was saying, when, you, when a woman is pregnant, there's another, you know, he did this, like, crazy, like, body action of, of a baby growing within the womb. <laughs> and it's basically, you know, since there's another person in, there, in the womb, it creates so much pressure that it causes heartburn. But there's life in the womb, right? And so... These two men, first, you know, when they were walking, they were filled with so much, like, you know, unbelief. They were filled with so much, like, regret and doubt, all these things. But when Jesus encountered them, they got another form of heartburn. They were filled with a new excitement, a fresh new excitement, with, like, knowing that they encountered Jesus. So what they did was they ran back to their Jerusalems, and they shared. Jesus is alive. They shared about the gospel to them, right? And so they were pregnant with life. These disciples were pregnant with life. And so now I want to ask you again, these two weeks, what have you been choosing? Life or death? Because heartburn, in the natural, heartburn filling yourself with 
gunk, with crap, sooner or later you get a heart attack and sooner or later you die. You know? But the heartburn that's filled with life, like I said, you get life, right? You are filled with life. And that's the heartburn that God wants to give you. But these heartburns, if you think about it, it's a choice. It's a choice. You could choose to be filled with bitterness. You could choose to be promiscuous. You could choose to do certain things that will lead to that kind of heartburn. And there's another choice where you could choose to be filled with joy. You could choose to love when you can't love. You could choose to forgive when you're filled with unforgiveness. You could choose those things. And if you look at what I was doing, there are two different paths. Two different paths. And today, tonight, because it's nighttime, I want to talk to you about paths. And a lot of times, um, we, we preach about paths towards the end of the semester. Because you guys are going back home to your Jerusalem. So it's not like from there, what, what path are you going to choose? But tonight, I want to share with you about what path you're going to choose while you're here in Korea. And that means if you're here for a semester to four years or for yay long... What path are you going to choose? You have a choice. You have a choice to choose the path of life or to choose the path of death. It says in the word that the path that, that's filled with Jesus, the path where you trust Jesus, is filled with abundance. But the path that's the opposite of that, what is it? Death. It's simple as that. Like, don't overcomplicate things. This generation has a tendency to overcomplicate everything. When you think of choice, you think of, like, all these, these different choices. Like, what am I going to eat? What time am I going to wake up? Oh, snap, what, what am I going to wear? Not just those, you know, like, superficial things, but even with people. Like, who am I going to hang out with? Or someone that you're angry with? Uh... Am I going to like them? Am I going to hang out with them? Am I not? Like, you have so many choices. And because of that, you overcomplicate everything. When in reality, all those choices, they split into two. Life or death. So now it's what, what choices are you going to make? The choices of life or the choices of death? So, I'm going to tell you the title of my sermon. It's called YOLO Redefined. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. YOLO, if you guys don't know what it means, it's the acronym. It, this acronym means you only live once. And honestly speaking, this acronym annoys me. I cannot stand this acronym. Okay. So for those of you who do not know this acronym, it, it finds its origin in a Canadian rapper Drake song, <laughs> The Motto. And it's funny because the staff will probably laugh at me. I, I, don't really, I, I don't really know much about rap. Okay. I'm more the, you know, I like the softer, very acoustic stuff. But I enjoy rap too. But this rap, it, the basic idea behind YOLO that came from this rap, it's 
it, it's, it's saying that you should live like there's no tomorrow. And if I could rap for you, I would. But I'm not. Uh, yo, you live like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> uh, basically, a.k.a. living like there's no tomorrow, what he probably means is to live dangerously. To do foolish things. To do things that you would have never done before, which is like, I'm, you know, I, I would have never thought of skydiving, so I'm going to go skydiving. Or, you know what? I'm just going to say whatever I want because I only live one life, right? So why be nice? Why not just say whatever I want? Well, that's ugly. Or even just saying you're pretty, that's saying what you want, right? <laughs> but... YOLO in this term, it usually means going buck wild and doing whatever is in your mind. And sometimes if you guys, you guys even know, some things are foolish, right? It's basically saying you living life means you doing every foolish thing that you could possibly do. YOLO, because of YOLO. <laughs> or in the other hand, like not, maybe you're not the type of person that lives dangerously. Maybe you're not the person that likes to um, explore the world and, and jump off of cliffs because just for the heck of it. Or, you know, our, 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 one of our staff, David, he's done a lot of crazy things. <laughs> Burning things for the heck of it. Setting things on fire. Not realizing that you could die. Right? YOLO. <laughs> um, but, you know, some people might not be able to do that, right? So, but on the other hand, this is more me. Because I live, so for me in my mind, I was like, I only have one life. So I'm going to live it to the perfection. I'm going to live it to make it perfect. That means I'm going to study really hard. That means that I'm going to wear, you know, always my hair every morning, which is not a bad thing. But if that's like your main focus in life, that's dumb. Um, I'm going to, you know, be a good daughter. Doesn't that sound ironic? I'm going to be a perfect child. You know Barbie was perfect? <laughs> but she's hollow within. <laughs> there is no substance to Barbie and Ken. So I'm saying they had everything that they wanted. They had their big mansion. They had, you know, they had the perfect guy. They had, she had the perfect face. But she was hollow inside. YOLO. Right? YOLO is basically saying that you have no time. So, so make the most of it. Okay? Which is true to some extent. But what are you going to do in life because YOLO? The, the title of the sermon is YOLO Redefined. Right? I don't know why you guys came to Korea. Honestly, I don't know why. Some of you guys might have come to explore the culture. Some of you guys might have came to, you know, run away from home. Run away from your mama. <laughs> some of you guys might have came to, um, you know, do something new. Meet new people. The list goes on and on and on. I don't know why you guys came here. I came here because, honestly, I wanted to run away from home. Not my parents, but just my lifestyle at home. It wasn't people necessarily, but it was just my lifestyle. It was boring in my mind. 
And so that's why I came to Korea. But, you know, like, I came to Korea, and what happened was I made a choice to come here. And each and every one of you guys made a choice to come here tonight. You guys had an array of different, you know, variety of things that you could have done. I know. I was a student. I was tempted. Like, I was like, I, you know, oh, there's so many places to go shopping. There's so many, you know, um, places to party. Korea is the, have, like, the heaven of party. Right? There were so many things you could have done, but you came here. Now ask yourself why. Don't answer me. Just ask yourself why. What kinds of decisions are you making because YOLO? How are you going to use your time here? YOLO. That sounded really um, but let's turn right now to Matthew 7, 13, 14. And I'm just going to read it to you guys. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. I'm sure this is a very familiar verse to most of you, if not all. It's a familiar vo uh, voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a familiar verse. So basically, this path is showing us that there is a path that seems easy and seems like everything you ever wanted would be there. And there's a path that seems the complete opposite. One road is obvious and tells you everything, while the other is mysterious and, un and unknown. <laughs> But these paths, they seem like they have everything or nothing. But just because it seems doesn't mean it's true. Just because it seems like a road that has everything and where you could see the, you know, the end result, like all these things doesn't mean that it might actually be that awesome. And does a road that seems like it's really narrow, right, and really hard to go through, is it actually, I wonder. You know, there's, there's one thing. Just as much as God wants you to live life to the fullest, the enemy as well wants you to live life to the fullest. There's an outcome for both. God wants you to YOLO, and the enemy wants you to YOLO. That makes no sense at all. The God wants you to do things because of YOLO. And the enemy wants you to do things because of YOLO. Verse 13, it says this. To enter through the narrow gate, for, which, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. But many enter through it. Many enter through it. Okay? But you know what the crazy thing is? This verse, it doesn't say God said to enter through the narrow gate. It, it says, it, he says to enter through it, but he doesn't say you must enter through the narrow gate. He doesn't say only enter through the narrow gate. 
In this verse, if you think about it, he gives you a choice. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, but many enter. So he's basically, you're faced with a choice, and you can decide whether to enter through this narrow gate, or you could, but he also tells you about the broad gate. He doesn't just tell you about one gate. He could literally just say, just walk through the narrow gate. There's no such thing as broad gate. Close your eyes, close your eyes. Walk through the narrow gate. But he gives you that choice because God is a God that doesn't treat you like robots. You're not a robot and no one wants to be. And God gives you free the freedom to choose. And you might be asking, do I really have the freedom to choose? Because God knows everything. God probably knows what I'm choosing. So am I really having the freedom to choose? Yeah, you are having the freedom to choose. You know why? Because is he controlling you to go that way? It's basically this, like look at a child and uh, you, have a, you have a cute little baby girl, okay? And in front of her, you give her a bowl of ice cream and a bowl of broccoli. You know, as the parent, that they're going to probably choose the bowl of ice cream, right? But does that give the child a lack of freedom? Does it? You know, as the parent, but does that make the child not choose what she wants? No. So God knows the beginning and the end, but that doesn't mean that we're not free to choose. So in this, in this passage, he gives us the freedom to choose. Okay? And so I want to present to you three choices that you can make starting today because YOLO. One, choose the narrow gate. I know this is obvious. But sometimes, why complicate things, right? Though it may be uncomfortable in the beginning, because YOLO. One, choose a narrow gate, though it may be uncomfortable at times, in the beginning, because YOLO. Like I said, no one's forcing you to follow God. No one's forcing you to go to church. No one's forcing you to read the word. No one's forcing you to love. No one's forcing you to forgive. No one's forcing you to do anything. No one is. You are making the choice. Right? God's not forcing you to do anything. So many of us, so many times, we think God's, like, forcing us to do certain things. So by the time, like, it's, it's a thought of, when I choose to follow God, that's when he's going to make me do everything he wants. But really, like, God wants the best for you. He doesn't treat you like robots. And God's not insecure, everyone. He's not insecure. He doesn't need us. He didn't make us just to, you know, like, because he needed to feel better about himself. Yeah, we were made to worship him, but that's out of our free will. Because he's given us the choice to worship him. And through that choice, it's not just we receive. So you worshiping him doesn't mean just him. It's a mutual thing. Okay? So here in this verse... Jesus advises us to enter through the narrow gate, for the wide gate and broad road leads to destruction. Like I said, he presents you with a choice, right? A choice that's so obvious, yet so little walk through. Think about it. Honestly, the broader road is easier, isn't it? Isn't it easier? It, it, it seems more comfortable. Like, you're in a big, you know, land. And let's say you're, like, driving a car. For example, like I was in Bangladesh, right? This past uh, winter on a mission trip, Bangla, and 
we were driving. So it's not even walking, we were driving. But um, when you're driving, it's easier when the road's really, really big and when you can see what's far ahead. But when it's like really, really small, like there was one road we went through that was like, oh my gosh, it was so bumpy and like so like tiny. And you felt uncomfortable riding the van. Even if you were in a van, because the road was so small, you felt uncomfortable until you got to the end. And it was really, really uncomfortable. Um, but this road, it ended, you know, it took us to a village where we were able to bless many. Right? So it had some good outcomes, but the broad road, like, we were just going to our hotel and it ended, like, this is so, like, random, but us going on the broad road, it ended up to a hotel that was mad dinky and I felt like I was in a prison cell. So I'd rather choose the village where I'm able to bless, okay? Um, but in a broad road, you're able to see everything that's before you, so there's no room for you to feel uneasy or vulnerable because you see everything, right? Think about life. When you know what's going to happen, how much easier is that? Or as, as it may seem. It's basically a path where you have control over all of it. A path that you don't feel vulnerable. A path where you don't feel um, uncomfortable, which is the same as vulnerability. Because vulnerable, you in the end feel just really uncomfortable, right? Um, but it's a path that you may think you know what's going to happen, but really, like, I wonder. The broad road, you know how I was saying the enemy also wants you to live life to the fullest? And so the enemy is really cheap. The enemy is a liar. The devil is a liar. Okay? That's his biggest, like, ease, that's his main, like, choice of weapon. It's just a lie to you. Because he knows he can't touch you. If you, are, you know, if you are a child of God, he can't touch you, so he will mess with your mind. And one way he'll do that is he'll make a counterfeit of everything that's of the Lord. A counterfeit. Okay? And so a broad road, basically, he chooses the broad road because it's, he knows as human beings, we're just more prone to go to the way that's easier. Right? So he chooses very cheap tactics in order for you to choose that route. Whether it is um, going to uh, like let's say a crazy party where you go buck wild. Honestly, I'm sure you're gonna have fun. Honestly, you will. Okay, you go into a party; it's not gonna be boring, right? So the devil knows, but the thing is, the devil also knows. Like with God, we also are supposed to have fun. So the devil's going to make a counterfeit that tastes sweeter, but it's actually like corn syrup that's really bad for you, and in the end just kills, right? So he creates a, a pathway that's really easy for you to just go into. Really, really easy, right? But in the end, like, either you forget what happens. For example, like, even the simplest things, like, um, when I was a student, I really had a dilemma. Like, should I go to large group tonight? Or should I go shopping? I know it sounds really, you know. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, I was very materialistic, okay? Um, but really, it was a hard thing for me because I'm like, well, do, do I come to large group or do I go shopping? I come to large group every week, so one night won't be that bad, right? But in the end, I realized actually shopping wasn't that great because it's like the same repetitive thing. And when I talk to other people the next day, like I missed out on everything. And if you think about things that you do within Korea, like half the things I did that was merely for myself, I forgot. I don't remember at all. I don't remember a thing, actually. But things that involve just, not just me, but others, I remember. So basically, the devil wants you to fill yourself with desires that are just for yourself. While God wants you to fill yourself with desires that are more than yourself. Okay? He wants to fill your spiritual needs, right? And not only that, the devil knows that you were made for more. Not like he doesn't know it. So he's going to find every way to lure you away from your calling and he's going to find every way to take you off that narrow path because he knows that once you're on it, you will never leave it. Not saying that that path is going to be mad easy, but I'm saying this path, like once you're on it, you're firm. You're firm. And so the enemy knows that once you know who you are in the Lord, it's game over. So he's going to mess with your mind like crazy. So are your decisions... So here, here it is. Are your decisions based on like what you feel like you're missing out on? Because both places you're missing out on something, you know. And so, like, like I said, like going um, to a crazy party, which is fun, and going, for example, large group. You guys are here tonight, right? Both you're missing out. But one, you'll receive something that's tangible and worthwhile, and the and that will actually be beneficial to you and the other you're going to receive and it's admit it do you remember half the things you did do you think you'll remember half the things you did you don't have to be drunk to not remember let me make that point straight like clear you don't have to be drunk but I'm saying will you remember what you did if it was some generic thing that really didn't mean much you'll probably be like oh that was a really fun day that's it Okay. So in, it, it clearly says in this verse that wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, but many enter through it. So it's simple as that. You choose the broad way, right? It's easy to enter, but in the word it says there's destruction. Destruction doesn't literally mean you're going to die, but basically it's, it's saying that what's like your, um, your spirit's dead. It's like you become a Barbie. And in John 10.10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. To the full. Right? So these two paths, the enemy's going to come to steal, kill, and destroy because he knows what you were made for. So this narrow gate, though it may seem uncomfortable, that even you guys coming here, half of you guys, I bet it was uncomfortable. Let me be real with you. I bet it was mad uncomfortable. 
not just maybe even just physically like walking here was uncomfortable going up the stairs was uncomfortable um but even in another sense it might have been uncomfortable because you had to say no to some friends that would be like hey let's go out hey why don't we go to explore Dongdaemun and you're like no but I'm pretty sure inside there was a bit of a discomfort because you did want to go so going the narrow gate this this was a narrow gate right it might have been uncomfortable but it really is worth it okay so let me ask you this again. You know what Pastor Marcus, when Pastor Marcus was preaching two weeks ago, two weeks ago he was basically saying, uh, do you have heart attack from crap or from life? So the choices that you make, are you making choices that will fill you with crap or something that's lasting? Are you choosing the path that will fill you or are you choosing the path that will not give you life? I want you guys to be aware. I want you guys to be aware because you guys are not little babies. I mean, if you want to be treated like one, just let me know and I will do it. But you guys are not little babies. You guys have brains. And this brain may help you think, okay? So that means that you guys have a mind of your own. So use it. Use it. Don't just turn off the brain button and be like, I'm going to go buck wild. Use your brain. All right? And what I mean by this is different things, different decisions that you guys make, use your brain. Okay? So number two, it says, basically it says, choose to walk by faith in someone because YOLO. And by someone, I mean God. In verse 14, it says, But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Walking this narrow gate requires faith. It requires faith. I want to make this clear. Having faith, you don't have faith in something, but you have faith in someone. Okay? So many times we think that we have Unknowingly, you're like having faith in something. But really, if you have faith in someone, it's a different story. You're not doing it alone. So basically, this faith shouldn't make you anxious. Faith shouldn't make you worry about anything. Faith is trust, it's peace, it's love. It's rest. Faith is in God. And trusting in the Lord and believing that he has everything in store for you, that's faith. Trusting in God. God is God. What more can I say? God is God. Do you know who God is? Is God some distant God? <laughs> Or is God someone that's desiring a relationship with you? Do you have faith in God? Do you have faith 
in a person, in Jesus? Do you have faith? Really, this semester, I'm so excited for each and every one of you guys. So crazy excited. Like, do you feel my heart? Do you feel my heart? I am so excited for you guys. Because I know that each and every one of you, God has something amazing in store for you. Something that's beyond what you can ever imagine. Right? But this requires faith. So do you believe that God has something extraordinary planned for you this semester? Do you believe it? So Hebrews 11, 11, says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Like I said, faith, having faith in God is having faith in a person, but God, you cannot see. You can't see him. But this God is a God that's living today. And he desires a personal relationship with each and every one of you. He is not a God of religion. You know, there was at orientation, there was one moment, I don't know why I even said it, but I'm like, we hate religion. We are about relationship. And really, I, I'm like, what the freak did I just say? I was like, why? But it all makes sense, okay? Because God is not a God of religion. He's a God of relationship, and he desires a relationship with you. And you guys hate religion too. What I mean by religion is the laws. Everything followed by the law. Everything by the letter, and you don't catch the heart of it. Who likes religion? Oh, I don't. If you like it, that's interesting. <laughs> God wants a deep relationship with you. He is our father. He's our father. Think about your own father. Okay, I don't know if he was a great father or not, but really, when you were born, right, and you came out, I bet you your dad was like, wow, this is my daughter, this is my son. Whom I love. And, you know, personally for me, like I had an amazing relationship with my dad, so I trust my dad. I trust him so much. I trust that he wants the best for me. I trust that he desires for me to exceed beyond what I can do. I trust that he wants his daughter to be the best of the best. I trust that my God, uh, my God, my dad, my, my, my real dad, loves me. <laughs> he desires the best for me. How much more does God, our Father, want for you? A lot of times we think that God doesn't want the best for us. A lot of times. Like I said, you think that God's insecure and that he only created you for, for like to be ones that fill his insecurity. 
But let me tell you this, God created you because he loves you and that he wants the best for you. He wants you to be known. Because the thing is, when you're known, he's known even more. So stop putting him in your box of understanding. Because honestly, I do that a lot, and I'm sure you guys do that too. Don't put him in a box. He wants the best for you. So if you've been believing this lie, snap out of it. It's a lie. He wants the best for you. Just trust in God, let him lead. Trust in God and let him lead. I know this is really simple, but for some reason we have difficulty receiving it. That's what I mean by narrow gate. You know, there's a narrow gate and, and, and I mean, there's a small gate and a narrow, narrow road, and so few walk through it because it requires faith. It requires your faith. Right? But think about it. God's leading you. Let him lead. I'm wondering, like, God, he, he created this universe. He created me and you. Then I'm sure he knows what he's doing when he says, have faith in me. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. So I really want you guys to take that in. Have faith in him. In Proverbs 3, 6, which is the verse right after um, what Eunice said, it says this, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your straight... Uh, he, he, he will make straight your paths. Okay? He will make straight your paths. Let him lead you. And what, what this means by acknowledging him is worship him. Focus on him. Let your daddy lead you. And leading doesn't mean following. Leading does not mean following blindly. Like, you're not a blind person like this, and God say, follow me, child. And you're like, huh? You're not doing that. He's saying, you could see everything that's going on, but the things that you cannot see, let me lead you. Let him lead you. Set your eyes upon him. Okay? Um, in, in Psalms, verse 34, verse 34, I know, chapter 34, chapter 34. <laughs> it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Fear him. Well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's basically, taste and see that the Lord is good and fear him and him alone. No need to fear anything else. And a lot of times we base our decisions on what path to walk in because of our fear of the unknown, fear of not um, succeeding, fear of, of people, 
what people may think. That's why you walk another big road because everybody's walking that way and we're naturally prone to walking and following the crowd. Fear of, of dot, dot, dot. Fear. Right? It can feel so daunting, but fearing God doesn't mean that you, fearing God doesn't mean uh, fearing that he's going to whip you into order. Fearing God doesn't mean that he's going to be like, why'd you do that? Why'd you make that mistake? What the heck is wrong with you? Fear is not fearing that you're going to be a disappointment to God. Fearing God is not that at all. Fearing God basically means this. Fearing nothing else. This means you don't fear man. This means you don't fear failure. This means that you don't fear your future. Are you living a life in faith or in fear? Are you basing your decisions on what path to walk? With faith or with fear? Because honestly, the broad path, you don't need no faith. You don't need that faith at all. So stop having faith in man. Because you know what? Man will fail you. Stop having faith in your yourself. Because you know what? You know it too. You're going to fail yourself. Stop having faith in your status, your, your, the, materi- like the materials that you have. Stop having faith in in things that are not of God. Because you know what? They're going to all fail you. But God will not fail you. He's God. Let that sink in. He's God. And you guys have a mind to know that he's God. Okay. So three... Choose to live a life that is not just about you because YOLO. Do you understand what that means? Choose to live a life that is not just about you because YOLO. The devil wants you to live for yourself because he knows when you live for yourself, you won't really get much of it. You have no influence. You Really, seriously. Living for yourself is only tasty for a little bit. Living for your pride? I've done that. I lived for my pride. I lived for materials. I lived for the, the, the praise of man. I lived for the praise of you know, man. Is, my, my parents are men, too. <laughs> I lived for recognition. I lived for my status. I lived for a lot of things that were all for me. Me, 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 me. And you know YOLO? It says... You only live once, so I focus on the you. You only live once, so you should do everything that you want to do. You should. Da, 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 da. But YOLO redefined is basically saying, you, yeah, live for you, but live for more than you. Let God make you big. Why make yourself big? He's God. I, I assure you that God will make you bigger than you could ever make yourself if that's your goal in life. Trust in God. You know, for me personally, I, 
like I said, I try to live for myself. And I'm not doing anything that I ever thought that I would do. I, I studied journalism and international studies, and I wanted, like, my dream job was to be um, the editor of Vogue. <laughs> that was my dream job. But really, it was just to be someone of influence. Because editor of Vogue has mad influence, right? And so I was like, I want to be the editor of Vogue. And I'm going to be known. Booyah, right? All my friends who didn't think that I could do it, boom. All my, you know, my family members that thought I could do it, you know, boom. Like, that's right. I'm the editor of Vogue. Like, that's, that was my goal in life. Pitiful goal. Um, but now I'm doing this. And you may be wondering why. Honestly, my personality, I could do it. I'm not trying to make myself feel better, okay? But I can do it. I'm very stubborn, and I will find my way in. All right? I will find my way in. But I'm not doing any of that right now. Right? And I'm standing here before you guys, and you know what? I'm doing this because YOLO. I'm doing this because I YOLO. I only live once. <laughs> right? I'm doing this because YOLO. I could never, ever imagine, secretly in, inside, I wanted to be of influence, right? I wanted to do stuff that would influence people. I don't know how much I'm influencing you guys, but honestly, me standing up here means that I have influence, all right? And so I could never, ever, ever stand here if it was just by myself, with my own strength, without trusting in the Lord. Never. God knows me more than myself, more than I do. And God knows you more than you do. You were made to live beyond yourself. You were made to love God right? And you were made to be loved by God. You were made to love people. You were made to be loved by people. You were made to love others as yourself. You were made to be fruitful. You were made to multiply. You were made to be somewhat of influence. And God made you this way. God made you this way. But your life, if you live it purely for yourself, you probably will know where that ends to. It might be, if you lived it for yourself, like maybe you'll have a nice house in the suburbs with children. Or maybe you will, you know, work for Vogue and be the editor of Vogue, but that's it. Um, and have some kind of influence, but at the same time, really not. You know, the editor of Vogue, um, I don't know if it's Anna Wintour still, but she's mean. She's really mean. And I'm pretty sure she found every way to get up there. Every way. And she was, she got that position of influence, right? But nobody likes her. Really. My friend interned, and for her, she had so much pride that she fell once, and she was, and someone was trying to help her. She was like, no, you don't deserve to help me. What the crap? <laughs> if you want to be that kind of person, no offense, that's like a really bad dream. So the life that you live is not just for you. It's much bigger than you. You know, every decision that you make here this semester, it's going to bless not just yourself, but it's going to bless those around you. Not just those around you, but it's going to bless people abroad. Not just abroad, but you know what? Years and years later, the decisions that you make today, 
right now, now I'm not literally saying like this moment, but I'm saying the decisions that you make in your youth, right, will affect your future generation, your children and your children's children. So your life is not just about you. So I want to give you guys this challenge. While you're here, here at Yonsei, you're basically given two options. To live, to walk the path, the narrow path, or to walk the broad path. To trust in God or to not trust in God, simply put. To let him give you dreams that are beyond what you can ever imagine. To dream bigger for yourself or to dream a puny little dream for yourself. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, Plan, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. This is the word of the Lord. God is a God who keeps his word. Do you believe it? He already has a plan for you, and his plan is to prosper you. His plan is to give you a hope and a future. So why are you trying to do it yourself by walking that broad path where you know what's going to happen? Basically, it's this. Let's choose to follow the Lord and not limit him. Because YOLO. You only live. You only live once. So why not let the God of this universe, who knows all things, lead your life? I'm not just saying this because... Seriously, if I just said this and not believe it, I'm a hypocrite. But I bet you every single person that you meet here, every staff that you meet here, they're going to say the same thing. And you know, like, I'm going to finish with this. Let's not, like I said, let's not limit God in a box. And let's not put a limit on even his boundaries. Let me clarify that. For us, we always think that there's this huge boundary that God's given us. A huge boundary. A natural human instinct, when you see that boundary, you want to get out of it. You do. You just want to get out of that boundary that's why naturally like if if there's a boundary like god has placed a boundary you just don't want to follow it like naturally so like for example in in genesis when god gave adam and eve everything that they wanted in the garden of eden except the tree of um good and wait what the knowledge of anyways good and evil (sighs) i read this but it's all a jumble in my mind he said there's just one tree don't touch that tree don't eat of that tree because it's going to lead to death 
right? And the enemy said, did he really say don't eat from the tree? He had everything that he wanted. God gave him, God gave, gave Adam and Eve every single tree, every single fruit, everything that they ever wanted. But for some reason, the enemy needs to focus on what they cannot have. And for us too, there's a natural human instinct of what you can't have, you want. But I want you guys to really switch your human brain. Okay? And don't think in that way, but think, God has given me everything that I need. He said I could have all these things. So the boundary that was given to Adam and Eve was that one tree, but they had all these things to explore. They had the whole garden to explore, but the enemy made him focus on that one tree. So they couldn't even explore the garden. So what I'm saying is explore the garden. Explore it. Okay? And so that's how I'm going to close. Explore what God has within the boundaries and trust him. Because YOLO. All right, so I want us to just close our eyes.